0: This is sermon number 11 from the series on Assurance and the uh, text is 2 Peter 1 verse 10 Wherefore the rather, brethren give all diligence to make your calling and election sure The doctrine I am yet upon is this that Christians ought to put forth a great deal of diligence to make this sure to their souls that they are effectually called by Jesus Christ in the managing of which I came to and use of direction to those who are assured of their effectual calling and to them I gave three directions first that you would rightly manage your assurance secondly carefully preserve your assurance thirdly daily improve your assurance the last of which I have yet to handle and touching this third direction daily to improve your assurance I shall give you but three heads which if you make use of you may every day improve your assurance and bring it from a little to a great measure first in case you would do this improve your graces the more you increase in grace the more you will grow in comfort Grace and comfort, they are two twins, that the more one grows, the better the other thrives. Hence, you read that in the salutation of every epistle, the Apostle puts both together, grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3 There the Apostle makes the multiplying of grace to be the multiplying of peace the more you multiply and grow in grace the more you will increase peace inward peace of conscience they are both joined together you have a passage 2 Peter one five and 11 compared together add to your faith virtue etc the apostle there urges our diligence to add grace to grace that is to live in the improvement of grace and what will follow verse 11 if you do these things you shall never fall for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ you shall not only go to heaven but you shall have an abundant entrance ministered before you, co- before you come there you shall have an abundance of assurance and inward peace before you come there And here, to give you a more particular direction, there are these four graces chiefly you are to improve. First, improve the grace of humility. Isaiah 57.15, the Lord doth promise there to revive the spirit of the humble. It is a particular promise to that grace that God will revive you and give you a new life if you have it. And reviving uh, there is not meant of the first life of grace, but of a life of comfort. They had grace before, but God would give them a life of comfort. He will restore your consolation to you in case you are an humble people. Hence it is in James 4.6, the Lord gives grace to the humble. Yea, he gives more grace. The Lord gives more grace to the humble person than to any man in the world. Now the more grace you have, the more comfort you must needs have. Humility is a foundation of more grace. Therefore must needs be a foundation of more comfort. That building whose foundation is laid lowest is of all the most beautiful and comely fabric above the ground so those Christians that lay a foundation low in humility they are likely to rear up a most beautiful building in way of comfort secondly improve the grace of faith in believing and that is the way to increase comfort 1 Peter 1.8 whom though ye have not seen yet believing you ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory though they did never see Christ yet believing in Christ and improving their faith they had not only an ordinary measure of comfort but they had more comfort in their hearts than they could utter with their tongue they rejoiced with with joy unspeakable and full of glory so Romans 15.13 the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the Holy Ghost Believing makes you full of joy and makes you abound in it. The more you are in believing, the more you will be in assurance. Thirdly, improve the grace of love to Jesus Christ. John 14.23 If any man love me, my Father shall love him, and we will come in unto him and make our abode with him. If you improve in your love to Jesus Christ, God the Father and God the Son will make their dwelling in your hearts. Now he must needs be a comfortable Christian that hath so good a guest as God the Father and Jesus Christ to come in and make their abode with him. As you know, to your own uh, to your bosom friend whom you love and you know loves you, you will communicate all your secrets. Thus will God the Father, if He knows you are His bosom friends and see if you love Him, He will communicate all His comforts to you. You shall never want comforts if you increase in love to Jesus Christ. Fourthly, improve the grace of godly sorrow. You will never find sweeter music in comfort than when you are laid down in tears. As the sound of trumpets is never more pleasant then when they are upon the water so when God seeth you flow with the water of repentance and godly sorrow then you are likely to hear the most melodious harmony in the apprehension of God's love Psalm 126 They that sow in tears shall reap in joy You shall not only have a, a dram but a handful of joy as reapers they cut down handfuls of corn at once and as you know in seed though you sow but one grain of corn there may a dozen ears come from that one seed so if you sow but a little godly sorrow a grain of godly sorrow may be a root to a great deal of spiritual joy secondly if you would improve your assurance preserve a clear conscience both toward God and man. A good conscience is a continual feast, Proverbs 15.15 Assurance, I may say, of it as the Father speaks of the Holy Ghost and the comforts thereof, the Spirit of God is a very nice thing. Everything will give the comforts of God's Spirit a check and a distaste. Now, if you harbor sin upon conscience, You will never thrive in comfort. Everything will give comfortable motions a check. And as philosophers say, when the air is foggy, it arises from vapors that are exhaled from the earth, which makes the air so cloudy as it is. So it is filth drawn from our earthly hearts that makes such foggy mists to arise between our comforts and us and between God and us. You must keep conscience clear else you will never keep heaven clear. Heaven will be clouded if the heart be filthy. Job eleven fourteen fifteen, 15 If iniquity be in thy hand put it far away. If sin be upon the conscience harbour it not for then thou shalt lift up thy face before God thou shalt be steadfast and not fear. You shall not only not fear but you shall have a degree of assurance. You shall be steadfast if you put sin far away from you. A solid and a polluted conscience shall never be in a Christian strong in assurance. You will not grow in assurance if your conscience harbor guilt. Thirdly, if you would improve your assurance, keep close in communion with God. Nothing that feeds comfort so much as a Christian's holy walking. Isaiah 32.17 The work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect thereof quietness and assurance forever. If you walk in works of righteousness and in a way of keeping close communion with God, this shall be peace and this shall be quietness and great assurance. Mark how the Holy Ghost makes a gradation, not only peace and quietness, but assurance also. You shall have the highest degree of peace and the highest step of comfort if you walk diligently in a way of holiness with your God. And thus much much be spoken to the first sort of men, those that live in the enjoyment of the assurance of their effectual calling. I have now a word to those men that live in the want of this assurance who perhaps have in times past had some glimmering and some dim sight of comfort touching their everlasting estate and yet are now much clouded and eclipsed in their comforts or have lost the comforts they once had what they should do to recover it. And to these I shall, by way of direction, speak only four things. First, that you would set upon searching work. Secondly, upon humbling work. Thirdly, upon praying work. And fourthly, that you would set upon meditating work. These four helps will, through God's blessing, be very conducible to restore your wanted comforts unto you. First, my counsel shall be to you that you would set upon searching and examining works. When you have lost anything, the first thing you do is look after it. Where you have lost it, that you may find it again. If you have lost this precious jewel of assurance, be thus wise for yourselves. or set upon seeking and the searching work. The scripture gives you this hint Galatians 6.4 Let every man search his own work and then he shall have rejoicing in himself. This is the way to bring in spiritual joy and spiritual comfort to be often dealing with your own hearts. David, when he lay under some soul distemper, mark how he, he deals with his own soul. Why art thou troubled? O my soul and why art thou disquieted within me he puts his heart upon the trial and here in your searching work I would commend five things to your examination first search how you got your assurance secondly search how you ground your your assurance thirdly search how you manage your assurance fourthly search what should provoke God to take away your assurance Fifthly and lastly, search what you would give to God, so you might re- regain your former and wanted assurance. Put these questions to your hearts. Firstly, put on the put upon the search how you got your assurance. It may be, it was such an assurance as you have had ever since you were born, from your mother's womb, that you got uh, without care and without pain. And if so this is presumption, not assurance if you have lost this, it is well it is better to be in a state of discouragement than in a state of presumption secondly, examine how you grounded your assurance it may be that you bottomed it upon self not upon Christ it may be you bottomed it upon the fantastical delusions of your own hearts and not upon the grounded evidence of God's word if so that your assurance have had an ill bottom it is no wonder if God turn it upside down if it be not rightly grounded it will never long be continued examine therefore upon what grounds you have bottomed your assurance and if you find the foundation of your comfort to be ill laid you must pluck it up all again Thirdly, search how you manage your assurance. It may be you manage your assurance with pride, not humility. It may be with unwatchfulness and carelessness of spirit and did not take notice of those temptations and suggestions that might impair your comforts. And if so, it is no wonder if the devil sows tares among your wheat. It is no wonder if the devil has stolen away your comforts if you have laid down your watch. Fourthly, examine what special cause there was in your hearts that might provoke God to cloud you in your comforts and to take away your assurance from you. And here that you might a little be directed in this search, you may reduce the cause of your eclipse and of the removal of your assurance to this twofold head. Either it had been the commission of some great transgression or else the omission of some weighty duty that may provoke God to darken your comforts. First, the commission of some great transgression. Great sins, they lay a foundation for great discomforts in tender consciences. Great sins, they lay the conscience waste to make it that it was uh, to make that it was as a well-trimmed garden to be as a ruin this wilderness great relapses that may bring ordinarily dark eclipses upon the soul and here that I may put you on this search I would advise you to search what particular sin it was and to take away uh, and how you might know the transgression that might provoke God to take away your comforts from you First, if it so be, God did take away your comforts immediately after the committing of any gross sin, then you may be sure that sin was the occasion. Secondly, if the commission of one sin do bring upon you more than an ordinary measure of hardness of heart, then you may be sure that it was the sin. Or thirdly, if any sin makes you remiss in spiritual duties, that was the sin, provoked God to take away your comforts from you. And by such a search as this, you may find out and give a shrewd guess at the particular provocation. And here are the particular transgressions I would have you search about. They are ordinarily these four, that engage God to take away comforts from a people. First, the sin of superciliousness and uncompassionateness of spirit towards doubting Christians if a soul carries a proud and supercilious eye over poor Christians and carries no compassion towards doubting souls God for that sin of wanting bowels of compassion may bring him to the same estate which he could not compassionate in other men (coughs) secondly the sin of grieving the spirit if you grieve God's spirit, God will grieve yours. Isaiah 63.10 Or, thirdly, the sin of spiritual pride. ordinarily this may be the sin. Or, fourthly, the sin of worldly mindedness or eager pursuit after the things of the world. As digging in the earth doth endanger a man to be stifled with damps, so digging and pouring in the world brings about a damp upon a Christian's comforts and many times stifles their assurance. As the sun is eclipsed by the interposition of the moon between it and our, and our sight, so if the world once get between the sun of righteousness and you, it shall eclipse the sun that you shall not see the glory of Jesus Christ and shall not perceive nor gain that interest in Jesus Christ you had in former time and secondly another cause you are to search could be not the commission of some great transgression yet it may be the omission of necessary and weighty duty and the Lord may bring upon bring you upon the stage of discomfort for omission as well as commission if a man do let but a wound go undressed he may as well die. As if you knock him with a beetle upon the head. Beloved, if you let your wounds be undressed and let your discomforts be unlooked after and let all run at sixes and sevens, if you interrupt your duties, it is just with God to interrupt you in your comforts. If you keep not your watch, is no wonder if you are surprised. There are many Christians that grow careless in keeping communion with God, that love seldom reading and seldom praying and seldom examining their own hearts. Alas, men casting away their duties. It makes God, in judgment, make stoppage in a way of comfort. Fifthly, in your searching work, examine yourselves what you would do In case God should restore to you your former evidences, could you bring your hearts to this temper that you would think no pains too much to take, no cost too much to give, nothing should be irksome to you that God would have you perform? In case he would give you your wanted comforts? If you find this temper of spirit in you, this is a very ready way to bring on your comforts and restore the joys of your salvation to you secondly set upon a humbling work the only way to gain what you have lost is to mourn over your losses Jeremiah 31 18, 19 and 20 see how Ephraim comes to have his comforts restored when he wept over his own discomforts I have heard Ephraim bemoaning himself saith God And I said, Is Ephraim my dear son? I saw him smiting upon his thigh, humbling his soul for his sins. And since I saw him, I do earnestly remember him, and I will show mercy to him. Here you see, lamenting Ephraim, God, in the very time of his bemoaning himself, restored his comforts to him. We hear many lament for their outward losses, uh, but who laments for the loss of inward comforts and David after he had lost his comforts by that great sin of adultery makes seven penitential psalms psalms of lamentation or repentance and he calls one of them a psalm to call to to remembrance and as an author well notes when David came to renew his comforts he makes a psalm to call to remembrance those sins that might provoke God to take away his comforts from him so beloved let it be your work to make such psalms in your closets and make it your practice to call to remembrance those evils that provoke God to eclipse your comforts to you and let that humble you if you cannot find out the particular sin labor to humble yourselves for every sin and then, to be sure, uh, you cannot miss it. Thirdly, would you restore your wanted comforts, then set upon praying work. This course you find that David took, Psalm 51.8, Make me, O Lord, to hear the voice of joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken might rejoice. Create in me a new heart, and establish me with thy free spirit. Verse 12. Here you read of David's praying work how he poured forth his soul in prayer that God would restore him to, the, restore to him the joys of his salvation. And here in your praying work I would only cast in these three directions. First, pray for a distinct sight of those evils that provoked God to take your comforts from you. And secondly, after you have got a sight bend the strength of your prayers most against those evils that did so provoke God to cloud your comforts pray against them as against the deadliest enemy you have in the world thirdly pray for attaining those graces that may be inlets to spiritual comfort as great as the graces before named the grace of godly sorrow the grace of humiliation the grace of faith and of love to Jesus Christ thus if you see upon searching upon humbling and upon praying work you are in a likely way to have your comforts restored. Fourthly, set upon the work of meditation and in this work I shall commend four meditations you are to take into your thoughts which may be very helpful and useful to you in restoring your comforts. First let your meditations run upon this that sometimes you are not so competent judges of your own spiritual estate as others may be such as in a time of desertion when God hath left you and frowns upon you secondly in times of temptation when when the devil's temptations are violent against you thirdly in times of relapse when you are fallen into some great sin at this time, you are not so competent judges of your own estate, but standers by may see more of your own good and your own sincerity than you yourselves may do. As the proverb is, many times lookers on see more than the players, uh, than he that plays the game. It is true in this: a looker on may see uh, sincerity sparkle in thy practice and in thy graces uh, shine in thy conversation when thou canst not do it thyself. A child when it blubbers and cries can see nothing of his book so when Christians are sad and sullen and lumpish they can hardly read anything of their evidence. Mr. Throckmorton got his assurance this way by the testimony of a company of godly ministers that they could uh, lay their souls in his soul's stead let this therefore run in your meditations that many times standers by and Christians that behold your walkings and see your actions they may see more ground of comfort in you than yourselves can do secondly meditate and think upon the comforts that God gave you in wanted time and call them to mind so do as David did Psalm 77 I call to mind the days of old and the years of many generations call to mind ancient days did not God show thee his face did not God bear thee in the palms of his hands did not God give thee many a smile of his countenance and many a pledge of his love even by affliction itself Did not God set many a seal upon thy heart that thy comforts were true, thy evidence clear, and thy ends sincere towards God? Beloved, call to mind the former frame of thy spirit. How thou wast in wanted times, and this meditation being backed by God's spirit may be a great means to restore thy comforts to thee. Past goodness shall be present encouragement. Thirdly, meditate what way it was that you got your former comforts and assurance, and the same way God will sanctify to restore you to your comforts again. What physicians say of the body, we are nourished of those things of which we are begotten and generated. So I say of comforts. The very same thing that begot comforts, the same will restore your comforts again. Now think upon this in your practice and consider, what way did I gain my comforts in years past? Did I gain my comforts by godly sorrow and by lamenting after God and by mourning over those abominable failings in my practice? Now take the same course to restore thy thy evidences. Go and mourn in thy closet over thy uneven walking before God go lament for thy sins mourn after thy father and tell him thou art grieved at the the heart that he is so great a stranger to thy soul didst thou gain thy assurance in days past by humbling thy soul often before God set upon humbling work again didst thou gain thy comforts in days past by walking closely with thy God amend thy paths and direct thy ways unto thy maker for days to come. There is the very same way to restore your comforts that was at first to gain your comforts. Fourthly, let your meditations work upon those comforting promises in the gospel that hold forth most comfort to a dejected soul. And truly, I am persuaded Christians' meditations running more upon their own failings and their own jealousies, and upon their own mistakes, than upon gospel promises, hath been the great occasion that they have lain so long under a spirit of bondage, and under a dark eclipse in the want of the comforts of God's Spirit. Therefore now let your meditations work upon those promises that hold forth most comfort to a dejected and deserted soul." And here I shall name five or six most comfortable promises in the word. Isaiah 57.15 The Lord that dwells in the high and holy places he doth revive the spirit of the humble and of the contrite one. So Isaiah 66.2 The Lord dwells in the heavens and yet with him also that is of an humble and contrite spirit that trembles at his word. With him will God dwell Psalm 34.18 the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart even them that are contrite in spirit Luke 4.11 Jesus Christ was anointed that is appointed by God the Father to preach the gospel to the poor to bind up the broken in heart and to comfort them that mourn so Isaiah 66.10 The Lord will restore comfort to thee and to thy mourners. And Hebrews 12.12, The Lord will strengthen the weak and feeble knees. And with that remarkable and most glorious gospel promise I shall end. Isaiah 35.3-6 Strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. This saith God to weak Christians, whose legs can hardly carry their bodies, and their hands hardly reach to their mouths. Say unto the weak Christian in grace, comfort, and confirm and strengthen them. And say unto them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, poor, fear, fearful, doubting souls that fear every temptation and fear every corruption and fear they shall lose the recompense of their reward. Say unto that fearful heart, Be strong and fear not, for God, your God, will come with vengeance. Even God will come with re- with recompense and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. It is not meant of the bodily eye, but those that were blind and could not see the mysteries of Christ and could not read their own comforts then their eyes shall be opened and the deaf that as Isaiah saith refused to be comforted that would not hearken to comfort but would stop their ears against all comfortable doctrines and only give way to sorrow their ears shall be unstopped and the lame men shall leap like an heart the poor halting Christian that halts in his comforts that is now believing anon staggering now rejoicing and on despairing the poor lame man shall leap like an heart and the tongue of the dumb shall sing the poor man that could not speak one word of his own graces and of his own comforts and touching his own evidence The tongue of the dumb shall sing. All beloved, here is your work. In case you would be Christians, to restore your comforts again, set upon the work of meditation, to think upon these precious promises of the gospel that hold forth most comfort to a drooping and dejected sinner.
1: containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780 450 3730, by fax at 780 or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, that's E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A, capital B, Canada, T6L-3T5.